0: Hello, and welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. Uh, Today, we are going to speak to the idea of supermarket psychology. This is really interesting stuff. Little things that markets do that we may not be conscious of to get us to stay longer and as a result, spend more money. The Bon Appetit website tackles this and talks about how everything from the lighting to the lady handing out cheese and crackers in an article called How to Buy Food, The Psychology of the Supermarket. It it, it really spells this out for us. It's pretty great. We're going to use this piece as our point of reference this time on this podcast. Now, it mentions that upward of 50%, 5-0, of what we buy in a supermarket, we had no intention of buying as we walked in the door. Think about that. That is half of our purchases on the average. It also says this, which I thought was pretty perceptive. You know what, I'll share it in the form of a riddle. Here goes. What do supermarkets and casinos have in common? I'll give you a minute to think about it. You know? Well, in both places, you're probably never going to see clocks, and oftentimes you don't have any windows. Both environments want to keep their customers in the place as long as possible, not thinking about time. Why? Both supermarkets and casinos have a primary goal in mind, to suddenly convince shoppers to spend more time inside that store or that casino thus giving more bets to take place and more products and more opportunities to all but leap into the carts. And check this out. According to the article two, it notes to think about your usual supermarket routine. Chances are, if your market is designed like the majority of them in the United States, you start shopping at the right side of the store and work your way around the outer rim of the supermarket with occasional forays into certain aisles, but generally sticking to a counterclockwise route until you get to the register. Now you may wonder, why do I always choose to go that way? The answer, you don't. Whoever designed the supermarket chose that path for you and for a particular reason. About nine in 10 people are right-handed and a counterclockwise route makes it easier for right-handed people to put stuff in their carts. Does that kind of creep you out a little bit? It's the more I read about these kinds of things, the more I kind of feel like a mouse going through a maze in a lab to get the piece of cheese. The store we go to most, for example, they have the ice cream all the way farthest from the doors. That means that if you want to pick up ice cream or any other frozen thing, you have to get them last. This creates the necessity to surf the whole perimeter of the store before you get there. What's interesting, too, is that during the pandemic, many people now get curbside pickup or delivery. I can speak to this. Uh, When we do grocery delivery, it is always less expensive than if we physically hit the store. See, online, it's like we pick just what we actually want and need and that's it. There's no displays, no scents of products, no temptations, and no bells and whistles. We press send and get only what we really planned on getting. Pop culture loves to make comedy out of the tactics used by stores. Here's a few examples. In the show Kim's Convenience, Mr. Kim is annoyed when his daughter Janet takes down the expired ravioli he's trying to sell at the store on the show 10 items or less. The owner complains about getting too many expired milk jugs and runs up against the dreaded dairy consortium. And then it appears his life is in danger. (laughs) One thing I will say is that while the concept of the big box or large supermarket store gives you the opportunity to get everything in one shot, which is convenient, I feel like we've lost something and it's actually something kind of special over time. Actually, a few things. Number one is quality in a lot of cases. And number two is patience. And number three is intimacy. Let me give you an example. Sometimes, for whatever reason, I crave stuffed grape leaves. I'm sure that they are probably available in huge supermarkets in cans but there's a little mom-and-pop store that sells them close to where I live. They are always exceptional when I get them, and they're always reasonably priced. But here's why I bring this up. I walk in there. The owner now knows me. He knows exactly what I'm going to buy. I know him. One time, it was raining when I went on a grape leaf run, and while I was there, he and a buddy behind the counter were drinking really strong Turkish coffee. And before he rung up my grape leaves, he, without a word spoken, poured me some in an espresso cup. And I just took a beat and hung there with him for like 10 minutes. I wasn't a customer at that moment. I was family. And while I can't speak for you, I can say that I I personally have never, ever felt anything even close to that inside of a Walmart. But going to small Italian delis or butcher shops or family bakery environments usually always hit on our three areas. Number one, quality. The food is almost always amazing. Number two, we have to stop running for a few minutes. We have to calm down, we have to just be patient, which is a healthy thing. And number three, it's more intimate. Sometimes, yes, we need the convenience, I get it, but, but I think we need more humanness than we do convenience most of the time, personally. I'm gonna tell you, when I lived in New York, I used to love seeing people with a large paper shopping bag with only the ingredients to the dinner they were going to eat when they got home in that bag, along with maybe a fresh Italian bread and some flowers. Little store trips, getting just what you need from small groceries instead of buying two weeks of food at a time. Doesn't that just kind of seem nice, quaint? I think, too, that when convenience rules, appreciation diminishes, and what winds up happening is you get used to mediocrity. Let's illustrate. Let's say you go to a nice small farmer's market and you get four vine ripened tomatoes. You get fresh garlic, fresh basil. Can you you smell the tomatoes and the basil? Quality butter. And then get a good reasonably priced bottle of wine. You go home, you chop, and you blend the the tomatoes and half the basil together. You add yourself some, some sea salt, some pepper, red pepper seeds, garlic powder, and a shot of oregano all together. Then, in a pan, you melt that quality butter. You add three tablespoons of quality olive oil, and you brown the thinly sliced fresh garlic. You then... Add the tomato mixture from the blender, pour in about a half a cup of wine, a little more butter, and some quality Parmesan cheese. Let that simmer for 40 minutes and right before serving, sprinkle the other half of the fresh basil on top and serve with your favorite pasta with just one more shot of Parmesan and red pepper on top once plated. Bonus, You then have the rest of the bottle of the red wine to enjoy with the meal, which pairs perfectly. Doesn't that sound great? Doesn't that sound kind of amazing? Especially, I don't know where you are, but it's cold here, and that sounds very comfort foodish to me. You are looking at less than an hour easily to prepare this. And if you keep spices and Parmesan cheese and olive oil in your house, it won't cost very much to make this happen. But what do we do instead when convenience rules? What do we often do in our worlds of convenience? It's just way easier to get pasta and boring jarred sauce at the same store, heat it up and eat it. More convenient? Yes but way, way less satisfying. The article we referred to earlier mentions some other things that psychologically happen at supermarkets by design as well. It says that the list of psychological tricks in a supermarket goes on and on. For example, do you think it's a coincidence that the brightly colored sugar-laden cereal with the tie-in to the new kitty cartoon craze is on the shelf at, at, at like your mid thigh it's it's not a great height for you to notice it but it's it's in perfect line of sight for a 6-year-old kid to notice it and that's the target audience also do you notice how the cheapest generic boxes and cans tend to be way down on the lowest shelves most people think of themselves as the kind of go-getters who'd be fine stooping rather than essentially paying the market the extra dollar not to have to bend their knees. But guess what? Decades of research suggests just the opposite. We often will pay more for that item that's in easier reach. Let me ask you this, too. Do you ever get a sample of something at a supermarket and then feel guilty because you don't buy the product? Maybe you feel funny in front of the person giving you the sample. Well, you really shouldn't. The article mentioned that once the scent of the food came into contact with you, the store was successful. And if you try something really, really small, it teases your hunger instinct and then actually will make you hungry. So while you may not buy that, product that you just sampled, you probably will buy something extra now, because now your brain is telling you that you are hungry. You may not have been before you walked in. Another point was made. They asked, why are our fruits and vegetables rarely as good looking at home as they are in the store? The easy answer, we didn't design the lighting to specifically make them look better in our house. Look, I go to supermarkets all the time, or at least order from them these days. I don't think the answer is to stop going to them. We need them. In many places, they provide a great service, obviously. Uh, Maybe we should go into them almost like with the same same mindset of going in to buy a car. Uh, We want to buy a car. We did our research. We know what we are potentially there for. We know what we have to spend and what we shouldn't spend. We're focused, we're not gonna let someone talk us up to boldly go where our wallet has never gone before. With supermarkets, without being rigid to an extreme, it may not kill us to go in with sort of the same mentality. I am coming in this store today for avocados, that's it. If we see an amazing deal on something else, we may be able to use it, great. But don't go in with no plan and don't go in hungry. Statistics show that these are recipes for spending more than we wanted to in a supermarket. And they count on that. One last thing along these lines, the stuff at the register. Think about it. Did you go into the store to buy that Twix bar? Was it on your shopping list? Of course not. Now, keep your perspective. If it really sounds good to you and you want it, sure, get it if you can. But it was put there specifically as a last-minute thing, hoping that you would impulse by it, and it it often works. But let's end it this way. In a world where many don't have access to food readily or can't pay for it because of the greed of the world that we live in, Those of us who can just buy food by design on our schedule really don't have that much to complain about. We're spoiled. Just be aware that things are designed to make you spend more and go in knowing that it's like the baseball player, Bob Euchre once said that about sums all this up. He said that anybody with ability can play in the big leagues. But to be able to trick people year in and year out the way that I did, I think that was a much greater feat. We once again have arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to fill your shopping cart with good things you don't need. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast supermarket psychology playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify, just type in refresher podcast dash supermarket psychology. Let's burn through these this time. Track number one is by the replacements. The song is called Customer. Number two, The Raincoats with Fairy Tale in the Supermarket. Number three, the song is called The Bakery by the Arctic Monkeys. Number four, Badfinger with Come and Get It. Number five, The Raconteurs with Store-Bought Bones. Number six is Stereolab with Canned Candies. Number seven is just a gloriously wonderful oldie called "Groceries Sir by The Dukes. Number eight, Checkout Time by Los Straightjackets. Number nine is the song Isle of Plenty by the Peter Gabriel led Genesis off their selling England by the pound record. And number 10 is Nico Case with the song Bought and Sold. That is our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast-Supermarket Psychology. That was a fun one, wasn't it? Hey, I wanted to pass something awesome along to you guys out there. Did you know that having a plant can actually be psychologically good for you? According to Psychology Today, researchers found that people who surround themselves with plant life and other forms of natural beauty, indoors and out, experience emotional and mental health benefits that have a positive impact on their social, psychological, physical, cognitive, and environmental well-being. With that, I once again want to tell you about our friends over at a great company called Leafy. This is an awesome thing. They offer plants to help brighten your atmosphere psychologically, and I I always emphasize this. Don't get me wrong. This is not just plant sales. Here's what they do that's unique. They have provided and patented a pot that comes with a wick and a reservoir. In other words, it makes your plant really easy to take care of. They also provide the plants and the soil too if you want them. But here's the concept. The goal is for you to take that plant with you. It can stay with you in your car, at work, in the cup holder. It can fit in the cup holder of a backpack. It not only creates a nice refreshing atmosphere, but can provide both the aforementioned potential psychological benefits as well as a pretty interesting icebreaker to start a conversation. So go and check them out. It is Leafy. Listen super carefully. It's spelled L-E-A-F-V-E. And you can find them at Leafy, L-E-A-F-V-E dot Be sure and tell them that the Refresher podcast sent you there. We'd like to welcome some new listeners to our little show, Our demographics report shows that we now have listeners in Porterville, California, which is in the San Joaquin Valley. Welcome to Refresher. We're so happy you're here. Guys, this show would simply not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. If you have social media and you don't feel funny doing this, let people on social media know that this program exists. Also, If you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. If you're so inclined, that would be great. But whether you do or whether you don't, just please feel free to listen and enjoy any time. And thank you so much to those that are helping financially support this every single month. There's there's, they exist out there. And I appreciate you guys very, very much. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.